we join our hearts together for prayer. God, thank you. Thank you for all of the blessings you've given to us. Uh, Tonight, tomorrow, maybe throughout the weekend, we want to just drum into your ears our gratefulness. And we pray that in this conversation we have with you, that you would build us up for a clearer understanding of reality, hearts more fixed on you, and a world more filled with you, in and through the calling that you give to us to come and offer up thanksgiving. Guide us tonight. For Jesus' sake, amen. How much are you into tomorrow? How much, how much have you spent on Thanksgiving? You know, holidays are big business. Uh, merchandisers, different companies, marketers make a lot of money on, on the holidays. It, it can be really big business. I was looking at this to, to see how much we do spend on holidays, and I found uh, uh, the average spending for the top five holidays. Uh, for instance, number five. I don't know if, if you, what's number five of, of the holidays, top spending. Number five is Halloween. $75. Now, this is averages. I don't know what you spend, uh, but... Uh, number, number five is, is Halloween. Uh, I was glad that Easter came in ahead of Halloween. Easter is, is $140. You know, all is not lost. Uh, uh, this is the high holy festival of the Christian church. And on average, across America, people spend $140 on Easter. Uh, Valentine's Day, I don't know if you'd have guessed that, comes in at number three. I don't know if some of you feel shorted on the $142. It's an average. You know, some people go all out. Uh, what do you think's number two? Number two, second highest. The second highest, this is maybe cheating a little bit. It's Father's Day and Mother's Day combined. Uh, what I was looking at, uh, put those together. And the average spending is $287. It'll come as no surprise to you that two-thirds of that gets spent on mom. <laughs> Dad only gets one-third of that. And, and I'm sure it's no surprise at all that uh, uh, the top spending for any holiday would be Christmas, uh, Christmas in the winter holidays, uh, $805 on average per person that Americans spend. I don't know how that computes with you. Uh, do you notice what's missing? What's missing? Tomorrow. I don't know if you would have thought that that was, would be in the top five. Actually, it's, it's not much that people spend on Thanksgiving. Uh, the average amount people spend on Thanksgiving dinner, I found this, was $49 to $59 a piece. Now, to be fair, I think some of the spending on, on Thanksgiving falls into the, the holiday, uh, winter holidays. But the fact of the matter is that the Thanksgiving is not really that big a business for the business community around us. But it is, in fact, very big business for the people of God. This is what we do. This is our native language to come before God and say thank you and to praise Him and to express our gratitude. Do you know how many times the word thanks or thankful or gratitude or thanksgiving, do you know how many times uh, we see those words in the Bible? 
I don't know either. <laughs> but it's a lot. <laughs> you know, throughout the scriptures, we have all of these calls to, to thankfulness, to thanksgiving. There's this famous passage. This is uh, uh, Psalm 100. I thought we'd read this together. Thanksgiving Eve. Let's read this together. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is big business for the life of the church to come before God with thanksgiving. It's not as if God is neurotically in need of affirmation, but ultimately it's good for us to come before him in thanksgiving. Uh, there are a number of dynamics involved. One of the, the dynamics involved is that when we give thanks, we end up with a direct object. There's a difference between being glad and giving thanks. To, be, to give thanks, we've talked about this a couple years ago, looks at the direct object, God. It's not just being glad or happy, but we give thanks to God. That we acknowledge that every good thing, every blessing comes from God. It helps to direct our attention away from self to Him. That's one of the, the key dynamics of, of giving thanks. There's another dynamic, and we've been talking about that uh, uh, this week in the church, Another dynamic of, of thanksgiving is, is the phrase, do you know the phrase, past is prologue? Past is prologue, meaning you look to the past and that helps you think about the future. Thanksgiving uh, teaches us that. Uh, thanksgiving looks backwards. It says, give thanks to him, bless his name. To give thanks means you're looking to the past at some good thing or some difficult thing that God has gotten you through. And, and so thanksgiving always is looking backwards to help you look forward. That the same God who helped you in the past is the God that's going to help you as you move forward. It says, His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Thanksgiving is about the past being the prologue of our hope in God as, as we move forward. Paul talked about giving thanks a lot. Our text tonight is from the Apostle Paul. Uh, giving thanks before God was, was a big thing for Paul. Uh, this is from, uh, I, I don't have this on the screen for you, this is from Philippians chapter 4. He says, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, because that acknowledges God past his prologue, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Often Paul calls us to a life of thanksgiving. Paul was very thankful for what God had done in his life. This is from a little earlier in 1 Timothy. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, where Paul says, I thank him who has, has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the direct object. And, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Paul was a horrible person. 
Paul was in active rebellion against his creator even though he didn't realize it. He was intentionally in rebellion against the Savior of the world. He was full of self-righteousness. He was a braggart. And he was a brutal man. He wanted to imprison and beat and even kill Christians. The Apostle Paul was a horrible person. But Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and called him and claimed him and forgave him and gave him new life. And it changed everything in Paul's life. He was forever grateful and thankful for what God had done for him in Jesus Christ. And even when he faced all kinds of troubles, he says, I've, I've got dangers from rivers and dangers from uh, uh, enemies and, and dangers from all these things. He'd been in prison. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been beaten. But through it all, he was thankful to God because of what God had done for him. He'd called him and claimed him and it saved him in Jesus. All of our thanksgiving begins in Jesus. You know, that's who I want you to look at. Uh, Jesus. He comes to us and claims us, forgives us, is already, I don't even know what this means, is already preparing a place for us in glory. And He promises to watch over us throughout this world. Above all, our thankfulness, our thanksgiving begins in Jesus. It's interesting, you know, we talk about thanksgiving and looking back. It's interesting how much as Christians we do look back. We look back to some old scriptures. The newest part of the Bible is 2,000 years old. But we still look back to that, to learn from that. We look back, we look back to some of the oldest music you can find, the Psalms, we just read one. And of course, we always look back as Christians to the cross. And that's where we're grounded, that's where we're rooted. We look to the cross, Jesus forgiving us, cleansing us. We look back to the empty tomb. Jesus now has been raised from the dead and our salvation is sealed. And so we look back on Jesus. And that enables us to move forward in confidence and joy, knowing that we are at peace with God. He's going to work all things. If He loved us enough to go through that, won't He certainly love us enough to see us through even unto everlasting life? Thankfulness for Paul grew out of his relationship with Jesus and the same for us. Here's what I want to do in the message tonight. I want to encourage you to grow in your thanksgiving. I want to encourage you to grow in your thanksgiving and more. Uh, Paul invites us in the text tonight, listen to this again. Uh, Paul says, first of all, so it means it's an important thing. First of all, he says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This Thanksgiving Eve, I want to encourage you to take up the business of Thanksgiving and more. Prayers, petitions, supplications with thanksgiving. I want to encourage you, as Paul does, to include all people and their leaders. Uh, we should be praying not just for our own country, but for all the countries of the world. I, I have to say, as I prepared the message, I came to a point of repentance about my prayer life. You know, repentance means to think differently. I've come to think differently about our prayer life. 
Uh, you know how we, we always pray for our president, our governor, and our nation, and that's an important thing. But Paul is calling us to pray for something more than that. He's calling on us to pray for all people across the world. He's, he's calling on us to pray for the leaders in Somalia and Sudan and, and the Congo. He's calling on us to pray for the leaders of Korea, both of them, North and South and China and Australia and, and England and, and Canada and Mexico. Remember who we're praying to. We're praying to the God of the universe, of the whole world. And we should be drumming into his ears, Paul says, the needs of every nation and of all leaders. Uh, a commentator said, such prayers are international, cosmopolitan, and yet patriotic in the best sense. For we all benefit when God is at work blessing all the nations of the world. When we increase our prayer life to pray for all people and all their leaders, uh, certainly something happens. I don't know what. You know, it's a mystery, but Paul's not going to call us to do this if there's not some point to it. And at least part of the point of praying this is that then we can enjoy a peaceful and dignified life together. Paul says, offer up these prayers, he says, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified. There are certainly two aspects to this. When we pray for more justice and more peace and wisdom and godliness among the world's leaders, somehow or other, certainly God answers those prayers. And the world is changed as we go before God and drum these prayers into His ears. There's a second thing that happens when we do that. We're going to relax. Because we're not going to be as anxious about what's going on in the world and what this country is doing and what that country might be doing because our trust is in the name of the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Paul is calling on us to take seriously the business of thanksgiving and more, calling us to pray for all people, all nations, and all of the leaders. That will impact how we live. It also pleases God. This is what God wants to hear from His people. I, I, I think about Thanksgiving, and, and uh, uh, Thanksgiving is when the, the house is full of family and friends, and kids are home from college, and kids and grandkids are around. And, and what do mom and dad love to hear? What do grandma and grandpa love to hear? They love to hear the little jibber-jabber of the kids. You know, they love to hear what the kids have to say and what's going on in their lives and the challenges and the successes. There's just something that delights parents and grandparents and hearing about and hearing from their children. In the same way our God, He loves to hear from you. He loves to have your voice just drilled into His ear as you pour out your petitions, your prayers, your intercessions, and your thanksgiving. And as we grow in our prayer life in these ways, it makes an impact for the salvation of others. It's interesting how Paul ties giving thanks to God time and time again with more people being saved. That's what he says in our text. He says, who desires, you know, this is pleasing and delightful to God, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. As we give ourselves over to prayer, the gospel is able to be proclaimed in a more uh, uh, profound way in a more pervasive way, as there's greater peace around the world, stability around the world, 
the gospel has free course to be preached to the joy and to the salvation of many more. Thanksgiving might not be big business to the business community, but as we gather together this evening, I want to make sure that this is big business for us. And that we grow and enlarge in thanksgiving and more prayers, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Here's how I want to end the message. Uh, here's a little verse from Psalm 107. Psalm 107. I did this with the teenagers the other day. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. Let me say the first part of that, and then you say the second part. Okay? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. See, past is prologue. We look to the past, that gives us peace and confidence in, in the future. I want you to think for a moment about something really good that God has given to you. Just something you are so thankful. Can you think about something right now in the last week or month? Something really good that God has given to you? Have you got it? Let's do it again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. I want you to think about something neat that's going on in your family. You know, some, maybe there's been a reconciliation. Uh, maybe there's been a birth. Uh, uh, something really neat, maybe a family trip together. Think about something really neat that God has given to your family this last year. Have you got it? Here we go. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Now we're going to do a Tom one. Think of something really crummy that's going on in your life right now. Something painful. It's not fun at all, and you're not sure how it's going to work out, and, and uh, maybe it keeps you up at night. And to think that God's in that. Have you got that one? Even then, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. One more. Think of some jam that God has gotten you out of. There was you, you didn't know how in the world you were going to get out of that. It was a problem, seemed hopeless. The mountain seemed so tall. Have you got that? Some jam that God has gotten you out of. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Amen.